This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that's all about the long and the short of it. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools. Am I the long or the short? Well, it's a good question, Isn't mate, it? because that is exactly what we're going to be diving into today. You know because... it's not about size, mate. We've talked about this before. <laughs> if Mate, you're, you're, it's usually up to me to make the inappropriate comments. <laughs> I'm, I talk, think I'm talking about socks. What are you talking about? No comment. Okay. The, the blue sky is falling. I will tell you the that blue much. blue sky is falling. There is a uh, entity out there called Blue Sky. It is being attacked by shorters. A chicken little, and we might say. It is really dominating the financial press. It, 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 we, would, we would absolutely be remiss in our duties not to talk about it. What duties do we have? And, and I think we, we're slightly in disagreement, so this is going to be a nice <laughs> podcast where we can really sort of have a go at each other, which is always a bit of fun as Mate, well. Surely you've learned by now if we didn't disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> have, have I taught you nothing over these last <laughs> hundred or so podcasts? Um, we've also got quite a few, as we said uh, last week, we've got mm-hmm. quite a few mailbag questions, so we're going to do our best to get through a bunch of those ones. And you, my friend, uh, jumping on that sorry old nag, the high horse, <laughs> and going why to is wax. Why sorry old nag when I'm doing it? <laughs> why, like, why is that the frankly, case? Frankly, no. It's I think I think the poor animal is <laughs> is uh, in is suffers under <laughs> under either jockey. Frankly, and that's probably true. So, mate. Let's let's talk about blue sky. Let's. And I'm gonna I'm gonna punt this one to you to, to <laughs> as I do. Let's we that, said let's you adva- mean let's both talk about it. You say what you really mean is let's have you talk about it. Mate, that's the advantage of doing the intro <laughs> is I can I can just read through a script and then throw it over to you to, to actually have to think. So remarkably kind of you, so, thank you, mate. So you set the scene for those that may not have been aware of this because yes. it's it's not a it's not a major company, but there there's a company called Blue Sky. What do they do? Blue Sky Alternative Investments to give it its full name. I mean, that gives okay. us some clue. So the whole idea of inter- alternative investments has been booming in the last probably five, maybe 10 years, probably yeah. since the GFC. Mm-hmm. And alternative investments are generally things that aren't publicly listed or easily available or tradable. Okay. Um, Blue Sky's early business was in water rights, for yeah, example. It would right. acquire water rights from farmers yep. and actually effectively make money from selling them or, or leasing them back to farmers on, on that basis. Yes. Um, it's got a whole lot of other alter- alternatives. Can be, it's a really, really you know broad term. It can do anything. Yeah. It can be artworks. It can be emu farms. Right. Yeah. Yep. Anything that's kind of not a standard or normal or average um, investment class can be termed alternative. And uh, uh, even uh, some super funds, for example, have them. They include things like uh, stakes in private companies. Yes. As alternative investments. Yes. So these are things that aren't effectively cash, stocks, bonds, or property. Yep get thrown in that one big bucket. Blue Sky came to market and basically rode the wave of popularity of saying, hey, we will give you a way to invest in all these things yes. on the stock market. That's our company. We have, they also have a, a, a Ironically, attached. making it not so alternate anymore, I suppose, because... <laughs> that, that's right, exactly. Yeah. Maybe just, yeah, Bush or Normal Investments doesn't quite have the same ring yeah, to it. So, true, And true. that's the other thing. Is alternative is a really nice um, kind of plug. For people who want to be a bit more sophisticated as investors, and I partly use air quotes there because mm. it can be some degree of kind of people getting too clever for their own good. But in any case, if you say you want access to those kinds of things. Um, some people are t- taking that approach, for example, with water rights and agriculture as a play on, for example, the Chinese food boom and other yep. things. So yep. there's reasons why people have invested in this company. It was going really, really well. I think we saw a presentation when those shares were under a buck. A couple of years ago, we they did. Got to, they yeah. got to $14 last year. Just have a, had a spectacularly good result. For those watching at home, and as I, as I uh, think about Liam looking over the desk at me, Blue Sky's BLA is the code. BLA. ASX BLA. If you're following yep. along at home, yep. I get the thumbs up from Liam. Mm-hmm. Mate, I've done my job already. You've done it. If now, Liam's happy, I'm happy. Now, so so these guys take investors' money. Yes. They invested <laughs> well, into well, they 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 are custodians <laughs> they of are, investors' uh, money. Let's be clear, yes. They um and then they invested on their behalf into right. these alternate investments. Correct. 
Um, and that's the value proposition. Now, of yes, course, sir. they aren't a charity, and and no one's suggesting they should be. Yep. Um, th so they earn they earn a fee right. for for this service that they provide. So any uh, any asset manager, any fund manager, takes money from investors, mm -hmm. invested in assets based on the um, uh, the rules of the fund, yep. uh, and then they take a percentage of the of the value of the assets and sometimes the outperformance yes. as their fee. So it's very traditional fund manager approach. Yep. Blue Sky taking it though for alternative investments, alternative assets, not for traditional fund management assets. And herein lies the dilemma, Doesn't I suppose, it? because the way that because these assets are very alternate, they, yes. they're not they don't belong to very liquid markets, in most cases very illiquid markets, right. and they're very difficult to value. So the accountants and the auditors all sort of get together and say, well, we think that your assets are worth X. And importantly, the directors. And that's really important exactly. because the value of those assets determine your fees. Yes. It also determines the net tangible assets of the fund. Yes. And so when you're buying in shares or units in a fund or a trust, if it's a property trust or some sort of fund, you want to be buying. You want to be paying effectively the value of the assets you're buying. Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm buying a fund that has cash in it, for example, yeah, hundred bucks worth of cash in the in the fund, you'd be an idiot to pay hundred and fifty bucks. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, equally, by the way, if I can pay ninety bucks for it, I would. Hey, so, happy days. so you want to pay you want to pay no more than the net tangible asset value of the fund. Okay. And in this case, the question is really, you know, are the fees appropriate mm -hmm. and does the fund really have the value that the company says it has? Now, let me stress right at the beginning here that we are not suggesting anything uh, inappropriate has occurred. But it's unusually clever for you. I mean, you've, got, you've been taking a legal class in the, in the last week. I've, I may have received one or two threatening letters. <laughs> Just joking. Um, or not. But, so while I'm not going to suggest it... <laughs> you there, want me to? Is that there, what you're saying? No, well, there, there, has been, there has been a US outfit right. that has suggested it. Indeed. They are called Glaucus. They are. And they released, a, I want to say, a 67-page Report. Yep. Um, uh, what what we in the trade call a short thesis. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, not very short in length, <laughs> uh, quite long. But basically, they are saying that this company is mm -hmm. is rather significantly overvalued. Yes. And they also make it very clear that they have a a short position. Otherwise, they've got a bet that the share price will fall. Correct. And if the share price falls, they will make money. You know. It. So they're basically saying we're betting this is happening. Here's our reason for that. Yep. And that has caused the shares in Blue Sky Alternate Investment Fund to fall how much? Now, Blue Sky Limited this is, so not the, not the unit oh, sorry, itself. Sorry. But yeah, yeah, so this is a $15 share or a $15 unit uh, back in uh, November last year. Mm -hmm. uh, more recently, it was about 14 bucks in the middle of or late February. Mm. And then the, so the shares kind of fell off to about 11.40 or so. Yes. Then the short thesis came out. They're now sitting at five dollars sixty-two. <sighs> Call out a halving among friends in the space of literally a week. Okay, so we've 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 gone to some effort there to sort of lay the groundwork. Yes, sir. Now this is where it gets interesting. Right. Who's right? Is Glaucus <laughs> right? So Glaucus have said, "Hey, you guys are being a bit dodgy with the valuation." Mm -hmm. In fact, they've got a few points in their short thesis, but yes. you know the, the core one I think is yes. is pretty much that the value of your assets isn't legit. Yes. Um, and and you know therefore they're suggesting uh, impropriety mm -hmm. uh, and, and and undermining the value that, that the market is ascribing. And we should to. be a little bit careful. They may be they may be inferring impropriety. They're just at, just saying as a matter of fact. Yes. They believe the assets are worth less than the company says they're worth because these are largely independent or director based valuations. Oh, so there's room to for different interpretations. Right, right. So there. just just to be just to be Sorry. ultra clear. Sorry. Uh, no, you, you, yeah. it, the inference very clearly to be drawn by anybody else right. is that they're saying there's something funny going on. Yes. The Glaucus themselves aren't saying that. They're just saying Blue Sky says the assets are worth four billion. Yep. We think they're worth one and a half billion. Huge difference, right? Massive difference. And then, as you said earlier, the fees you earn on that, if you're earning say two percent of that, all of a sudden that two percent <laughs> is on on less than half the value. Yeah. So therefore, you're less than half as profitable. Oh, sorry, you earn less than half the revenue. Yep. Same fixed costs. 
that probably destroys your bottom line pretty quickly. And uh, Blue Sky, of course, have turned around and go, no, that's not true. Right. And it's at this point in time, it's a case of he said, she said, right. pretty much. Yes. And, and, and the investor uh, is sort of in a bit of a conundrum. Us on the sideline are all grabbing our popcorn and the, you know, mm -hmm. the, the financial Twitterverse is just <laughs> exploded with Hasn't people it? pitching their, their flags dear in, in dear. one camp or the other. And it's, 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 I hate it's, it when those it's, people talk about Blue Sky on Twitter. Those, those other people <laughs> those that other aren't people. me. Because I don't. <laughs> but, you know, it, and it is, it is fascinating, Isn't right? It? And, and particularly when um, there's not a lot of corporate news out there. So we're all, we're all glued <laughs> to it. And I, and I guess we've obviously um, talked a lot about it this week, you yep. and I and the rest of the team. <laughs> And I think it's fair to say we fall somewhat different. We land in different places. I am I am fighting a desperate rearguard action almost by myself at the moment. I think you're on your own. Other, other than you marauders, you, you you Vikings over there trying to trying to take trying to take the country. I'm I'm standing. I'm, I'm fighting valiantly by myself. I'm winning, of course, because I'm right. But uh, <laughs> but 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 I'm, I, there's a dramatic, overwhelming difference between the numbers of people on your side yes. who are wrong. And well, let's me. outline the sides. All and right. so where we kind of, and there's, there's there's multiple parts to this story. And yes. so where where we I I think the debates. I'm stop actually for half a second yeah. just to say that we don't have a strong view on, on Blue Sky itself. Well, I was going to say that. Yes, Sorry, okay, yeah, right, right. On, so so on. where where the debate really came down to was actually we 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 panned out and it actually became about short selling in general. Right. And you've made the remark before, and this gave you another chance to sort of trot out your, your ideology. <laughs> I thought you said that rather than you, you're flogging the same dead horse, you see. You can give you another chance to, to share your ideology. That was so, very generous of you, You mate. came out and you said, I would ban all short selling. <laughs> and, and, and I disagreed. So I, I, I want to I want to give you uh, and, and and frankly in all, in all seriousness it's it's it is a nuanced debate right. and there's there's good points on either side right better points on one side but but <laughs> My uh, side. what what is for our listeners <laughs> yes um, you've just been granted um, you know, the supreme overlord of financial markets and you've and you've and my you've, rightful role and you've, you've I finally ascended selling. that slippery slope <laughs> where I can stand on high well, and make pronouncements now you have to explain yourself why have you done that all right so here's the thing. I am not a fan of short selling in general. Mm -hmm. I happen to think it's a distortion of what the markets are supposed to be for. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that from a uh, share markets were, were supposed to be a place where you and I could get together. I could pay you for your share of a business you owned. You could pay me for my share of a business I owned. Or I could, could sell you my shares because I prefer the cash. Right, well, we could exchange yeah. capital for cash. That's what that's what markets are for. That's exactly what they're for. Mm -hmm. Way back to the Dutch East Indies Company, yep. if I wanted to get into the action, I could pay you a couple of whatever it was, shillings, guineas, uh, florins, <laughs> Something tulips, tulips for, for your share, and you say, "Well, great, because I'll, I'll have the cash." Thanks very much. Mm -hmm. That's how these things are supposed to work. Yep. Over time, my view is that the markets have evolved, or probably devolved, more to the point, into kind of quasi-respectable gambling dens. Right. So when we have a bookie, you're putting on a couple of bo bob on the on a horse and on the fifth at Ramwick, then you're making that bet. It's a straight-up mm -hmm. bet to gamble. You know what mm -hmm. you're doing. You go to the casino, mm -hmm. you're betting down there. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can effectively bet on the share on a share price movement or on some sort of future options contract or something mm -hmm, else, mm -hmm. it starts to become less about the capital being either raised or exchanged, mm. and simply betting on the movement of a share price. Mm. And when it comes to that, you might be betting on a horse at the fifth in Randwick. So that, that's my my first issue with short selling. Can I, I, I well, we have a... to take it one because we have to take this one at a time. Okay. Because I just don't have the mental capacity to remember all your points and refute them. Because I'm right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say I, I hear that. <laughs> Actually, thank you. Let's but, move on. But I would say that that. You know that that gambling potential mm -hmm. mentality is there, yep. even without. There are plenty of people doing plenty of speculative things without the potential for short selling. Right, and I think, but I think that's the point. So I, I'm talking about options across the board here. Short selling is part of that. Where I would simply would say, if you're going to go and gamble, go and do it at the track or at the TAB or with a bookie, mm -hmm. and acknowledge that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The the 
the amount of kind of respectability presented by the fact you're doing it with a broker who sits on the 58th floor of some building in Martin Place with his shiny bum and and, and you know fancy tie. Yeah. Who's saying, well, that's not that's not that's not betting. This is this is investing. Yeah, we're, talking short, we're talking short selling here. So, so that's the that's the broad idea, right? So the, the more you you make it respectable by doing it on a listed exchange that carries with it the gravitas of a capital market rather than going down the bookie and putting five bucks on the on the next race. Very, very different, even the language I'm using now, very, very clear about what you're doing, who you're doing it with, and the degree of respectability that comes with it by doing it on those exchanges. So if I can summarise your point, you're against it because you feel as though it legitimises or gain gives gambling extra credibility. Yes, it, 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 it's a gamble that is given respectability by being done through a broker or an exchange right. rather than on the phone with the broker. So my point is is that you, you can do that without I – mean, forget short selling doesn't exist. Right. Plenty of gambling going on in the markets without that. Plenty of people yes. under the guise of doing something called investing but are just purely punting on share prices. Yeah. And that's in a world where – so so while I, and, and while I agree with yeah. you that, that you know I don't like that dimension either, it exists whether short selling exists or not. Yes, but the degree to which we uh, increase the amount of it being done legitimize it, make it more easy to do. It's like anything. There's limitations if we would put anything that's harmful. And I think the degree to which we allow or don't allow that kind of straight out gambling, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, options trading is a zero sum game, yep. right? Outright. Yep. I win, you lose, you win, I lose. Yep. If I sell you shares in BHP, yep. if they go up, maybe they don't go up as much as you wanted or mm -hmm. I wanted, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not a zero sum game. You don't have to lose for me to win or vice versa. And I think, mm -hmm. right, that, that's, that's to me the, the kind of core crux of it. Yes, of course, it'll happen to some degree. SP bookmaking happens off course all the time, of course, and we know all the stuff goes on, mm -hmm. but legitimizing it by allowing it to happen, by encouraging it, by making a framework for it, gives the average punter a sense that, well, this must be okay because my broker said it's okay and it's on the ASX. And so if you said to, me, if you said to someone, you can't put your options trade on the ASX, you've got to go to the bookie around the corner and yep. put your five bucks with him, yep. I guarantee there'd be a whole lot less of it going on. That That's the point is it would remove... The, the incentive for it to be promoted by people mm -hmm. who make money out of it, mm -hmm. and it would mean there's less of it going on. That's got to be a good thing for capital markets. Look, just in the interest of moving forward, the, I guess there's a, the other part of it, or one of the other parts of it, yes. is that there's almost a, a desperate urge for a different term here, but there's a libertarian <laughs> argument as, at play as well. Yes. And I'm by no means a libertarian, but uh, but what I'm what I'm saying is is that adults can and should be able to do what they want with their money, you know? So if, if I, look, you, 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 you're sitting there and you're saying that it's, it's gambling, mm -hmm. it's wrong, it's yeah, totally. what the market's about, and that's totally, totally you're entitled to that opinion. Because I'm and right. I, and I share a huge amount of sympathy with that opinion. Because I'm right. But at the same time, it's, I'm, I'm a, I'm a independent, um, free agent in a free society and I'm legally allowed to do it. It's my money. Yeah. Now I don't do this for the record because sure, sure. I've got, Better ways to lose money, but but <laughs> like on the fifth round, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. but but in principle, yeah. I, I I support someone's right to be able to short sell if they so choose to do so. Yeah, I would simply ban it from an exchange, not legitimise it. Do it, do it with the bookie. Okay. So here's another argument with with short selling. People will say it helps in price discovery. Oh God, I hate that. Now, price discovery is basically markets are all about trying to be as efficient as possible. They're trying to use the power of the crowd almost yep. to determine. When you talk about BHP, what is someone says? We're going to actually get to this in a mailbag question if we ever wade through <laughs> this very dense topic. Very exciting, interesting topic. But it, you know, is, is that you know what is BHP worth? Well, it's what the market thinks it's worth, and we we all have this philosophy ideology that. Yep. Actually, no one really knows, but on average, over time, the market gets really, really, really close yeah. because 
there are those who have it and those that don't, and yep. they trade with each other and they kind of zoom around this 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 actual academically pure idea of fair value. Yep. And the short sellers will say, well, we're just we're, we're, we are we are accelerating that process. We are mm -hmm. facilitating that process. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, we we are we're, they're not creating new shares by the way. So yep. when someone short sells, they have to go to someone and say, who's got shares? If yes. I want to short BHP, I have to go, hey, Scott, can I borrow your BHP shares? You say, yes, you're going to charge me a bit of interest for that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell them, uh, you know, yep. and, and make, make money. Yes. Um, but to close the loop, I have to buy them back at some stage and give them back to you. Right. And you hope to do that at a lower share price, and that's where you make it. And that's, that's where, the, that's where the, the profit sort of comes into it. Exactly. So uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that with all of that in, in play, yep. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually giving more power between this tug of war between buyers and sellers. Yep. The sellers are getting a little bit more muscle to help in that price discovery. Short selling is a remarkably tiny proportion of the market. Mm -hmm. It's been the way that way for 20 plus years. In the meantime, we've had algorithmic trading, high frequency trading. Mm -hmm. We've had the GFC. If that didn't help the market be more efficient because the GFC never happened, then I com I call complete BS. I think it's a, it's a speculative idea put forward by people who want to make money short selling, trying to legitimize the process. Mm -hmm. There is no evidence that short selling has improved the market materially. It didn't stop the GFC happening. We're, we're trading shares 100 times as fast as many as it were 30, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Short selling is a, is a pimple on a pumpkin in that, on that number. Mm -hmm. if, if extra volume, extra buying and selling was supposed to help price discovery, then there's, frankly, high frequency, high frequency trading does a much better job of doing that than the small, small, small proportion of people who try and short sell just a few securities. I sympathize with that. I, I guess where I, I, I actually... We're fairly agnostic on that individual point because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, as I said last week, I'm all about being driven by the data and right. by the evidence and by the facts. And I don't, I don't know if the academics have really settled the score on that one. There is, so, there is to be fair, there is a view in, in academia that short selling does help price discovery. Mm -hmm. I would just say that if if that was true to any material extent, things like the GFC and massive booms and busts in stock markets wouldn't happen because yep. pricing would always be efficient. It is clearly not efficient to whatever degree it moves the price on the margin slightly. Mm. It's just not worth it. Now let's get to the let's after seventeen and a half minutes. <laughs> let's but get to counting. let's get to the nub. I only felt of like sixteen and a half to me. It's where, gone that quiet. Where, that where people where you know people started to to get stand up out of their chair and shout at yeah, each other yeah. was when we got to this view that if I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase you here you said where where it where it becomes sort of really wrong is that the, someone like Glaucus can come out there and make all these accusations mm -hmm. they're over in the US so yes. they're not registered by ASIC right. they don't have to have an Australian financial services mm -hmm. license they can say whatever they want and being in the US the land of free speech they can literally Say almost exactly anything they want. Anything they want, right? And and now let's let's just there's there's multiple scenarios here, and time will tell which is the correct one. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of argument, let's say that the blue sky is one hundred percent right, yep. and Glaucus has just made all of this up. Yes. Now either way, yes. the shares have already, to your point, fallen from fourteen to whatever you said, five bucks, five dollars sixty two, as we said. So they've made money. Yeah. By manipulating the market, well, we need to be careful because manipulating uh, does have a legal term. Sorry. So let's not let's not. I, I'm, 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 I'm hypothetical. I totally get your I'm, point. I'm hypothetical here, yeah. and this this yeah. is in the hypothetical they have, realm. They, have, they made have, money, have made it all up. They so. have made money because the share price has fallen, largely in response to their. So, so in other words, so it's they they've caused the price to fall. The, yeah, there's a chicken and egg sort of issue here right, as right. well. It, where, where, did the price fall because they were right and the market realised yeah. they were right, and they actually prevented a lot of people from losing more money because yep. of these these uh, rat bag you know liars and again yep. hypothetical hypothetical liars out there, <laughs> um, or uh, 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 they, the court case is going to be fascinating when they play all these I back know, in your trial. I know. 
nothing I say should be taken as personal. <laughs> uh, uh, all seriously. Uh, all seriously. <laughs> uh, 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 or, or is this uh, a poor old hardworking blue sky had mm-hmm. their mud thrown all over them, right. their share price has fallen, a whole bunch of punters have lost their money yep. unfairly yep. while this reckless cowboy of a short seller over in the US has just recklessly profited from this overt market manipulation. So here's the Manipulation in air quotes. Air quotes. Uh, here's the problem, right? So Glaucus has been right about Quintus, the old TFS, yes. uh, sold sandalwood, sandalwood in Australia. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're right about that. They've unfortunately been wrong about three large other shorts they've placed in the last 12, 18 months yeah. in the US, Japan, and I want to say the Netherlands, mm-hmm. but something like that. Mm-hmm. So these guys aren't always spot on. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, maybe they're right about Blue Sky. Maybe they're wrong about Blue Sky. On the off chance they're wrong about Blue Sky, people have been scared out of their shares yes. at some price between the previous price of $11 something and yep. five sixty two. Yep. Because they've, like some of our colleagues have said, well, there's probably smoke there. If I own them, I'd sell them anyway. Mm. Now, you don't get to sell them before the short thesis comes out. You get to sell after the short thesis comes mm. out. So mm. you sold it for 10 or 8 or 6 or $5.60 because, yep. well, geez, maybe these guys are right. Yep. Now, if they are right, then maybe you've saved some money. If they're wrong and you've been scared out of those shares because of a PR campaign orchestrated by someone outside the country, although it doesn't really matter where they are, yep. in this case, outside the country, mm. if the PR campaign has caused the price fall and it subsequently has been un- is unfounded, yep. Then you've got to ask yourself: Is that the way a market should operate? Is that is yes. that in service of capital markets, yep. or is that taking advantage of, frankly, our human emotions of, of fear and greed? Yep. If there's smoke, well, geez, I'm going to sell. I don't care what's going on. I'll, I'll worry about it afterwards. Totally fair point. Have you made totally money? Fair lost point. money? Totally fair point. Thank you. Um, um, Did you get uh, that, Larry? <laughs> totally, totally fair point. All right, let's move on. But <laughs> let's move on. But in in the other hypothetical, <laughs> yes, blue sky are a bunch of scumbags. And they are again hyper again Andrew hypothetical. Page, I'm, 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 okay. I am I am equally uh, Green Ocean. Let's call them Green Ocean. I, I am equally <laughs> um, disparaging both sides of the argument here. So and, and this you get sued by both groups. That's in, good. In, in this, in, in, <laughs> so in, in this particular hypothetical, yes, yes. Uh, company X is is absolutely a bunch of scumbags, yeah, yeah. and and they have they are they are ripping people off, yes. and they are they are feathering their own nest, yes. and Blue Sky is in fact. In this scenario, mm-hmm. doing a wonderful public service. Glaucus. Glaucus, oh, sorry, the short seller. You said blue sky. That's right. Yep. Uh, Glaucus. Yes. Uh, yes. Doing well, a wonderful public. Now, we, there, see, what's the service? Reg- there, regular, right? regular, uh, regular adherent, the watchers of the market will know that not too long ago there was other things mm-hmm. such as Biggin yes. uh, and Get Swift. Get Swift. Also, yep. also some very high profile sort of collapses there where short sellers were sort of poking around. RFG was another one where there was a big big short influence there. Also a big short influence on corporate travel at twelve bucks, which is now twenty three or twenty four. Right. And this is where I land down. And this this is I, I would I own shares by I, the way. I would say that if if these companies uh if the shorters are right, they are doing a wonderful public service. They are they are they are pulling the rug out from underneath these people who are doing damage. I would say in the fullness of time frauds mm-hmm. eventually get caught out Anyway, right. if they are hastening that process, then good. If the Happen- company is doing nothing wrong, yes, as has been you mentioned before, Glock has yep. got it wrong in Japan and a few other places. Yes, then no, no, no harm, no foul. And, and this is the interesting thing with Blue yep. Sky; they've come out to defend it. Mm-hmm. They read off a, a piece of paper, a couple of statements that really didn't address any of the major concerns, and then right. didn't take any. I've got to say, I'm with, I'm, I'm on the. If I was a betting man, mm-hmm. and I've got no money anywhere near this thing because it's just incredibly <laughs> speculative. Either, but, yep. but, but I would be saying that it, it does actually look very suspicious because if, if they were legitimately doing, their response to it has been terrible. Mm-hmm. But even if they, look, if, if they are, if they are legitimate and every, there's nothing to, to hide from, everything's mm-hmm. tickety boo, then. 
so what? They're not in the market for capital at this point in time. Their share prices might suffer an interim fall while the short sellers have a bit of fun and there's a bit of dislocation on the market. Yep. But, but in the end of the day, the, at the long term, the market is a weighing machine and, and people can vote how they like with their shares. You can lend me your shares. I can sell them. Someone else can buy them. That's the free market. Yes. And if, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is they're either right in which case they're doing a public service. Mm -hmm. And if they're wrong, the company suffers no, no, no long-term consequences. And if humans were perfectly rational, I would completely agree with you. The problem is over the last five days when the share price fell from 11 to five, mm. a whole lot of people have sold out because they're frankly shit scared, yeah. uh, including some of our colleagues who haven't sold but said, well, if I own them, I'd sell too. Now, this current, if this ends up being unfounded yes. and those people have been forced out of their shares or convinced out of their shares, scared out of their shares yes. at lower price than would otherwise have been the case because of these specific actions, mm -hmm. a price that wouldn't have happened otherwise, then again, this is this is evidence of a, of, a, of a badly functioning market and not something we should want to encourage. But that's the case on the long side. So I can be Dodgy Brothers uh, Advisory Service yep. and I'm going to come out and I'm going to ramp the hell out of a company on the long side. So if yep. you get the short, I'm going to say, this is the best company in the world. I'm going to get there. I'm going to promote it. People are going to buy into it. The share price is going to go up just like Bitcoin mm -hmm. <laughs> to open another can of worms. And, and I'm, and I'm going to promote the buggery out of that. Yep. And I'm going to be doing all this market manipulation. All right. It's exactly the same thing to my yes. mind, just as dodgy. And, oh, totally. yet, and yeah. yet that seems to be okay. Whereas if it's done on the short side, it's not okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay in any scenario to do that, that, that abhorrent market manipulation. Yeah. But I'm just saying that it exists as much on the long side as it does on the short side. In fact, on a numbers basis, probably more on the long side. I think that's probably. I, I, I'm I'm absolutely against anything that moves the price inappropriately. So yep. you know, this is not about just the short sellers. I, I will say though that you know anyone who is pursuing a PR war, if all of us are right, they were happy to buy the shares, wait till the shares fall because the fraud is exposed. Mm -hmm. They make just as much money. When you use PR in a positive or negative sense to try and influence the share price, that's what gets stuck in my craw. That's where I think the market is being, frankly, misused for purposes that it wasn't designed for, it shouldn't be allowed to have happen. This is a problem where the market doesn't do what it's supposed to do properly because of human nature. Again, the, the difference about the ramping is that people rarely, at least to a large degree, see a, a, a six, seven page report and see the shares jump 50%. It might go up two or three percent. Maybe over time it goes up more over time. I think over time is probably yes. But the, yeah. the, the impact of like the, the fear response, we know that we feel fear three times as much as we feel gain. Or we feel pain, sorry, three times as much as we feel gain. So when you see a negative statement, you're going to sell like buggery. We yeah. see a positive statement, like, oh, gee, I hope that's right. And that's all you do. And so the the difference there for me for the short versus long sellers is the impact it has on the share price in the short term. We, we don't have, we haven't had this conversation. You know, if we find another a long player who's selling price up fifty percent, we're happy to talk about it on the, on the podcast. Mm. It just doesn't happen, and that's where I have an issue. The, the responses it causes, the human, the very human nature, the behavioural biases we know we all have. Mm. They're taking advantage of those, particularly because they're doing it in the PR realm, not in Australian investment realm. That's where I've got an issue. Mate, I am, I'm going to be super gracious and let you have the last word. Um, <laughs> I already have. Only I'm because right. it's 26 minutes in. Um, but it is a fascinating one. And I think I think we will come back to this long shot I'm sure at some will. point in the future because it is a nuanced and complex um, discussion. If, if we have to have another conversation to prove to you that I'm right, Andrew, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to, happy to have it take our, our listeners on that journey with you to help you understand why I'm what right. We, what we certainly will do is we will update listeners as yeah. to how the Blue Sky scenario saga, if you will, plays out. <laughs> what I would say, though, is I wouldn't encourage anybody to take any position in blue sky right now there's too much uncertainty oh, you don't know. There, there are high quality companies that shorters jump on the get wrong like corporate travel or cochlear yep. in the past yeah uh, our, our colleague claude walker wrote a great piece for his hidden gems members on that mm -hmm. um so th there are times when the shorters are dead wrong there are times when the shorters are dead right yep. i wouldn't i wouldn't take a position just because of or in the absence of short sellers yeah yeah motley fool money financial advice for real people not trust fund hippies sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple m
Mate, uh, let's let's go to a question here. Uh, open the mailbag. Um, yes. Sam Harley at Samuel Harley. Uh, thanks for the question. He says, great work on the podcast, fellas. I'm new to investing so on the ASX. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go, dude. <laughs> I, I get very little validation, mate. This is my one chance because I'm valid. Help me out <laughs> okay. here. He says, great work on the podcast, Some of us fellas. just have a, you know, a much, much uh, more mature grasp on their own sense of self-worth and don't need public affirmation. You mean bigger egos. <laughs> yes. <absolutely. laughs> I'm new to investing on the ASX. Have a grasp of the basics. However, I'm yet to understand how to determine what price to pay for a share. Join the club, Sam. I.e., it's fair value. Could you explain how to determine this on the podcast? Now, I've, I've. So you thought we take this question on because we're running out of time? I is thought. That what you, let's is that what you pick, thought? You know, and and firstly, I would say, Sam, thank you for the question. Yes. It is an outstanding question, Where and can... it is it is really the question, isn't it? Isn't it when right, it comes right. to investing? Because, and uh, what's funny I find about this is that no one asks that question when it comes to property. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm not, I'm not, but it's, I'm not going to get into my rant, but I, but I will. You I won't will, be able to resist. I, I'm just, I just, Fair warning. It's funny that, that, that people, people can very happily pay for a, whether that's a high or low price, it doesn't yeah. matter, but yeah. they will, they will do it without any great concern over whether it's a fair or yeah. when it comes to, frankly, when it comes to the market, I would say yeah. the majority of retail investors don't even ask a question as to what a fair price or have a notion of what it is. So it's, it's a phenomenally yeah. great question and we're going to do our best to sort of get, get into this. Uh, I will say for what we're going to do, mate, because we haven't do? done it for a while. Oh, here we go. We haven't done it for a while. One of the big some, guns. We, and we got, we got some good feedback when the first time we did it. Let's have a PS segment afterwards. So oh, we'll run okay. through this quickly. All right. And then we'll give a bonus 10 minutes afterwards for those that poor, are so Poor Liam's to... gone, oh, jeez, I should have bought two cups of coffee sorry, in the studio. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> you're, 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 for a little while PS longer. PS, guys, yet. really? PS. I have to do that. Can, can we, we do a PPS? Work to do? <laughs> no, okay. So, Sam, excellent question. Um there, the, the the short answer is is this: a share is worth whatever you think it is worth. Uh, uh, oh dear, oh dear. Well, no, controversial already. No, well, it, it is, it is, and 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 it can't be objectively you, worth whatever we individually each think. No, it's, it's worth. not objectively, but but right. but but you know, value is in the eye of the beholder. That's uh, also true. Uh, you know, so well, the perception of value is right. At the end of the day, it's going to be worth something. Whether yes. you're right or wrong is the open question. Yeah. So that's 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 the 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 very. Uh, a dirty, quick and easy answer that that, that is basically the, the correct one. What you're really saying is there's no single pure way to know for sure what value what value is. You can't know. Right. It's an impossible. In it's advance. it's it's, yeah. it's a theoretical question. Yeah. Now, in the realm of theory, the academics yeah. would say, and I just for the record, I I subscribe to this worldview. So mm-hmm. so just bear in mind my bias. The the academics would say that a an asset, any asset. Um, whether it be a lump of gold, a painting, a property, or a share, yep. is worth the sum total of all of its future cash flows, right? Discounted back by an appropriate rate. We, we've touched on this before. So, so if I'm, I think that's all it can be, right? I mean, you talk about the economics and you subscribe to that theory. You can only ever put down money yep. with the hope of getting it and something else more back in the future. That it would defy any sort of rational logic. So, if I buy a share for a, a buck, yep. and next year it pays me back a buck, yep. Um, I've probably overpaid for that share. Right. And I've probably overpaid for that Because you've consumption now yep. for some future benefit, which hasn't come. Yes. So you've basically put, you've put back your enjoyment of that dollar by a year and I got for nothing, no reason. nothing out of it. Now, right. if I got a dollar ten back next okay. year, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Okay. Um, and now because I've again, there's this concept of opportunity cost that mm-hmm. again we've dived into before. I could take my buck and put it in a bank and maybe get three percent or something right. like that. Right. So there's a there's a level there, and then I have to layer on top of that risk. And the question really is, how much of today's consumption are you prepared to forego yes. for more consumption in the future? Yes. The answer to that question is what sort of rate of return you want between now and then. So so to answer your question quickly, Sam, and we'll dive into this in more detail in the PS. But it's basically if you really want to understand 
understand what a fair value for a share is. You've got to do a lot of hard work and a lot of guesswork, frankly, a lot of thumb sucking because none of us can predict the future. I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or Peter Lynch, you know, no one, no one knows, mm -hmm. but you have to come up with a, 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 a reasonable idea of what that company is going to be pumping out in terms of its money, yep. when that money is going to land yep. and, and what rate do you want to discount that back? Mm -hmm. If you do all of that mathematics and guesswork, you'll arrive at a value that is fair. Yep. And let's say, just to really complicate things, that you're absolutely right, that you've gone in your DeLorean to the future <laughs> and you actually know exactly what a com company is going to um, uh, uh, pay out. Yes. And you've worked it out with absolute precision. Yes. Well, the market's not necessarily going to agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, it's almost certainly not. Yep. And it, it, even if it eventually does, which it probably will get close to it, because as I said before, markets are generally pretty efficient and fair in the long term. Yep. It might take three months. It might take three years. It might take a decade. Yep. So that's the other hard part. So with, with investing and valuation, you can be right, but still be wrong for a long, long time. <laughs> and and that's what makes this, for me, this game so fascinating. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit science. It's a lot of art right. and it's a lot of psychology as well. Because for a couple of years, you can look wrong. And you can either be wrong or be right and not know it. Yet. Some of my best investments between you and me and anyone listening have, <laughs> <I'm been, others. laughs> have, have, have been like, geez, I just, it just years and years, it just was mired. And then eventually it got proven right. And I think, mm. and that's not to sort of make any comment about my, because there's, there's been plenty of other examples too, where I've done that and it's just never been proven and right it, and lost right? money. That's the hard part. But, but, the, but it shows you the importance of, of sticking to those guns, reevaluating your thesis, making sure yes. you're confident and, and letting time do it thing yes. and I think that's frankly the reason why most people don't uh, don't tend to do too well with this game mm -hmm. is because we're all super impatient yep. and we're all easily influenced by what we see in front of us which is this up and down share price so Indeed. you know Real money advice from real people not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M well, let's do one more question and then I'm going to let you get on your, How long we got? your horse. Or do you just want to go straight we to might, the horse? We might, we might, it's 33 minutes. We might hold the question. So if you've sent a question to us, thank you. Oh, but we'll, do, we'll oh, take time for your high horse. Hell yeah. We'll hold the question, but plenty of time for Scott to get on the high, high horse. We've always got the question for next week. Okay. Horses don't necessarily wait, Andrew. Right. You never know. See? Isn't that much better? That's, so that's Liam's better. subtle way of saying get on with it. Wind the whole thing up, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to be very, very quick, Andrew. I'm just going to simply talk about some degree related to our short selling mm -hmm, conversation, mm -hmm. pessimism and optimism. Mm. And there's a great quote, and I don't know who it's originally uh, ascribed to. Morgan Housel, one of our former colleagues, shared it. He said, optimism always feels like someone's trying to sell you something. Mm -hmm. Pessimism sounds like people are trying to help you. And that's the crux of it, right? Think about human nature. If I say I to you, it. oh, there's a great opportunity for you, Andrew, you're like, oh, God, here we go. Mate, you've got to be careful. I'll tell you why you've got to be careful. Like, oh, just I better listen. Yes, sounds yeah. like you're trying to help me here. Yeah. And uh, that, that's human nature, right? Part mm -hmm. of successful investing, mm -hmm. the, maybe the largest part of successful investing, is being able to think optimistically, even in the face of potential bad news or a bad run in the short term. Mm -hmm. The market goes up about 10% a year for decades and decades and decades. Occasionally, though, it drops 30 or 40%. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very easy to see a crash around the next corner. Uh, Steve Johnson, a fund manager, actually, one we, we quite, a guy we quite admire, was talking about having the, the impact of having cash on the portfolio. Yeah. means you kind of spend your life waiting for the next crash so you can use it. Mm. The idea of pessimism is really, really pervasive, right? Yeah. It's easy to think about, well, there's going to be a house price crash coming. There's going to be an economic crash coming. Donald Trump's going to destroy the world with tariffs. Yep. There's a million reasons to fear. And you think about optimistic, what, what reason to be optimistic? Well, because things might just maybe get better if you hang around long enough, it'll be okay. Mm. It's always very hard to be specifically optimistic, very, very easy to be specifically pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And yet, 
The optimists win the day every single time. You wait long enough, the optimists will win. So I get pessimism. I get why it's attractive. Fools, hear me now. Please, please, please put optimism to the back of your mind. Don't be stupidly optimistic, but be optimistic because it is the optimists who rule the world. There Nicely the said. Thank Nicely you, mate. Said. It's very kind of you. <laughs> You're going to tear shreds off me in the PS, aren't you? Uh, I'll try my best. Let's wrap it up. There, there's, there's a reason to hang around. <laughs> um, uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money Podcast. You and you should. do that through iTunes or an Android podcast app. Uh, if you like what you're doing, and you should, please give us a five-star <laughs> rating on iTunes and tell your friends. Uh, also, if you're after a bit more foolish goodness, there's a web address that you can go to. It's Isn't there? www.fool.com.au forward slash... Triple M. Nice one. Until next week, full on. Full on. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Welcome to the hour and a half long PS section. I'm going to start by saying let's try and keep this to 10 minutes. And, right. and by the way, I think, frankly, last time we did the PS, it was on an evaluation question as well. There you go. But it it's is, not like we're boring, we're repetitive. We, we are. <laughs> but you know what? Listeners, at this point, it's only yourself to blame if you've chosen to hang, we've told hang you, around. We've told you to go away. We you're have, still here. We have so. warned you. So, so mate, I... I, I Do you reckon I, most people still listening are like... They're going to screw this up. I've yeah. got to keep oh, this yeah. just in case. Well, this is, the, this is the great thing about it because there are there are plenty of investors that I respect mm-hmm. and yet totally disagree with. And there's me, me. When it, when, which when, is nice. There's you, <laughs> with, with, which which we, all of us sort of have our our pet views. It's kind yes. of like yeah. politics. Yeah, it's kind of like economics. Really, it's one of these sort it's of ideology, soft... right? Exactly. It is. Yeah, you know, yeah. there, there is no right. You, you can't. It's not Einstein's formula for relativity, right? You can't. That's actually math... still a theory. It's what did you say? Relativity is still a theory. They're all theories, mate. One of those laws in this theory, so you can't disagree about the theory. Oh, that's not okay. Look, just, just, just <laughs> it's the PS I'm allowed to. Put your hand up if you've got a degree in science. <laughs> all right? Okay, just me. Uh, and, was, and yet you didn't know the difference between a law and a theory. <laughs> really? I'm trying to get to the question. <laughs> okay. Desperately trying to get to the I'll question. I'll shut up. So, so that, I think that's the first thing. And, and you're right to say that there'll be people listening who are shaking their head going, no, 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 that's not right. Yeah. This is what it is. So, this is very much our. I've given my bias. Mm-hmm. I hand it over to you, mate. Would, would there be a. Um, I know that we often joke with each other. You, you like to sort of give me a bit of grief of spending way too much time in spreadsheets, <laughs> I do. you know, and, and you, and, do and you don't. And, and again, there's, there's different strokes for different folks, but right, I, I wanted to right. sort of allow you to expand on that mm-hmm. and sort of say, look, as, as someone whose day job is, is a, as an analyst and yep. buys and sells companies, yep. if you're not going down that, and I agree, a very slippery slope, that rabbit warren of, yeah. of spreadsheet land, yep. how, how do you do it then if you're not sort of trying to calculate future cash flows per se and, and all the rest of it? Yeah, good question. And keep me honest on the answer mm-hmm. too, because I, I may ramble or go off topic, but I'll try to, <laughs> I'll do my best. It's the PS, come on. <laughs> okay. um, well, that's what we do the rest of the right. podcast. Good point. Right. All right. So here's the, here's the thing. I, I actually take exactly the same view ideologically philosophical. I think I don't know any responsible investor who cannot at their core believe that that's exactly what valuation is. You're paying a price mm-hmm. for a future set of cash flows. It's all you can be doing. Now, that cash flow can come back in dividends, it can come back in capital returns, or it can come back in a, in a rising share price over time. And I think even if you're the most growthy of growth investors, the most speculative of speculative investors, you're still saying, I'm going to make a series of bets on the presumption that these bets are worth more in cash flow from dividends or capital growth mm-hmm. over, t- over the time period I'm making the bets. Whether you're a venture capital investor saying one in 20 will work, but that one is going to deliver me more than enough to, comp- to compensate the other 19, mm-hmm. or whether you're the, the, the value or valuist investors trying to get nine out of 10 right and get 10% annual gain on every stock, you're still saying I'm trying to buy something cheap that's worth more in the future. That's the only way you can do it. Now, you asked the question about kind of spreadsheets versus non. I think it comes down to thinking about what the growth prospects of a business are 
and how well you want to or can do the work on that. And I think we've said before, but to my mind, I do use spreadsheets for some things. It tends to be though where the growth expectations are lower because you have a much smaller margin of error when it comes to getting the growth forecasts right. If you're buying a bond or a bond proxy, to use a horrible term, like mm -hmm. a Sydney airport or a transurban, mm -hmm. you want to be pretty sure you know what the future cash flows are going to look like. Yes. Transurban are going to be increased tolls by X percent a year. Yep. Traffic will grow by Y percent a year. Yep. Those are both relatively small numbers. Yep. And so you can't assume, oh, maybe it'll be 50% growth, so I can make whatever guess I want. Right, right. On the flip side, we've talked about Kogan before, and I'm, yes. I'm right thus far in our bet, but I'll, uh, I'll keep that for later. Uh, <laughs> the Kogans of the world are trying to become multiples of the size that they are today. And yep. so whether whether the number is 51% growth or 54% growth is not as relevant as or, do I think... Or frankly, 35% growth. Right, yeah. right. It's different. Do I think it can double or triple in size over the next, say, two or five years? Mm. And that that's the quantums of those. It doesn't mean you should be useless or frivolous about it. It doesn't mean you should just say, well, every growth company is therefore going to grow. Yep. So you've got to think about the business model. You've got to think about the, the market opportunity. It's likely to winning that market share mm -hmm. or growing at that sort of mm -hmm. rate. Mm -hmm. But if you have that kind of broad view, you just a simply ball, need to be A ballpark less... is okay right, for right. that kind of thing. And so, that's, so, so in my mind, the, 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 the degree of expected growth um, determines, from my, to my mind, how specific I need to be in that valuation. Because if I'm buying Sydney Airport, I want to be bloody sure I've got a, a view on yes. passenger numbers and and. and effectively price growth or, or you know price per passenger growth yes transurban the same even telstra to some degree yeah comes yeah. to it's not going to grow at 10 percent a year anytime soon so no. you want to be pretty sure what it's going to do yeah the flip side corporate travel we talked about before i own shares again to disclose that mm. it's been growing at 30 40 percent a year for a very long mm -hmm. time and mm -hmm. if that can keep going for a decent amount of time whether it's worth $23.80 or $28.90 or you don't, $22.10. You don't want to nickel and dime something that's growing at that. You, exactly. You, you, if you believe particularly it's going to have a long-term growth at that sort of level. Yeah. And I, I think, for, I, frankly, I find that extremely rich hunting grounds there because there is, if you have a, a, a degree of uh, confidence in that right. long-term future, I think you actually get great opportunity because a lot in the market will be worrying about what happens next quarter, yes. next half, next year. You know, corporate travel only grows at 18%. It was expecting <laughs> yeah, to right. shares drop 20%. Like, yeah, it's fantastic yeah. because right. if they are still going to triple over the next five years, right. frankly, that makes no difference to their long-term valuation. Now, there is a price that's too much to pay. I wouldn't pay $200 for a corporate travel yes. share price, yes. but I might pay 22 or 24 or 26 yes. And so, you know, you have to look at the future to some degree and say, based on what I expected to be able to grow at, is this a decent price to pay? And to my mind, that's some degree of a multiple of other free cash flow or earnings. Yep. And I'm saying, okay, well, if it's got if it's P of I think corporate is about 30, 35 now. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a very very rich valuation, yep. very rich. Yep. But it has been since it was about six bucks. Yep. And it's kept growing. If it can keep growing at a decent rate, what uh, I think it's David Gardner, one of our co-founders, talks about humans have a really tough time thinking in exponential terms. So you can think about three percent plus three percent plus three percent plus three percent. Yep. And you can go over time. I get five years out. That's twenty percent growth. Okay, I've got that. Yeah. If I said you was going to go up 40% for five years, yeah. you do the math in your head, it's like, oh, no, I'm doubling in less than two years. Right, right. And you yeah. kind of go, and then I'm oh, doubling that on that and yeah. then on that. And so you start to say, well, let's pull that number back a bit because that seems like that yeah. seems unreasonable. Yeah. And so the Kogans of the world, the corporate travels of the world, mm. it's very, very hard in a spreadsheet to make yourself put such large numbers in, in the in the yeah. spreadsheet cells. And yeah. if you can't do that, you get scared out of some of those. So I, I, that's why I kind of I try actually to avoid spreadsheets to be too specific in that sense. I I, I think that that is the risk of spreadsheets. They they give you a false confidence. Yes, there is a false specificity that yes. is in there, and and because you feel as though you've done this rigorous mathematics, and the mathematics <laughs> is rigorous. There's no yeah, no one's yeah. questioning the formulas. I yeah. mean, they're very well established formulas, but it's the inputs and 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 what anyone who's played around with these models will will soon realize, hopefully, mm. is that you can make very innocuous <laughs> changes. Right. And like, well, yeah. maybe yeah. I'll discount it. 
at nine and a half instead of 10. Yep. Um, maybe I'll go for uh, 16% growth instead of 14. Right, right. No one's going to go, oh, that's outrageous. Yet the sensitivity of those models will yes. will really swing that, oh, that, that output around massively. So and that's actually worse sometimes on a low growth company when you get those sort of numbers wrong. Yes. Rather than a high growth company not using the, the spreadsheet at all because that really can send you, send you down a rabbit hole that's very, very hard to get out of. Because the other problem is if you make a valuation mistake on a slow grower, it's almost impossible to get out of that. So poor old Sam's asked this really great question, and, and we've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've sort of it. got around it. Now, yeah, and I, yeah. I think I want to, I before we sort of tie it off, I, I just want to yes. bring it back to a practical kind of yep. level Good here call. because we've talked about predicting future cash flows and you know, spreadsheets, <laughs> and it's all very hard, yep. and, and it is very hard. Yep. So I think one of the things I, I would say is this, is that you don't have to – you're not going to be right. No one's yep. going to be right. Even when you're right, you're – you you weren't right for the exact reasons that and, you thought. And just you to were be clear, right. you mean you won't be precise. You can still be right in the decision. Yeah, I made money your, on the investment. You won't get your estimate exactly right yeah. the three decimal places. Yeah, so like my well, yeah. my assumption of growth or whatever is yeah. you know. Uh, so so what I would say is is a very valuable exercise is this is to is to just paint a couple of different scenarios nice. and, and, and see where you sit on the landscape. So let's mm -hmm. say, uh, take Telstra as a nice example and say, listen, the bears out there say, ah, oh, it's in a lot of trouble. It's a declining business. You know, they're not going to die overnight, but maybe their profit drops by a couple of you know percent each year mm -hmm. until they eventually cease to exist. Right. All right. So do we know that's right or wrong? No, we don't. Mm -hmm. But but let's 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 pretend it's right, <laughs> and and let's 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 do a bit of numbers around that. Yeah. And we're going to spit out a number, and that number's probably going to be around two bucks or so, just off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And then you say, well, what about the middle of the road? Middle of the road might be then eh, they hold their own. You know, they don't grow, they don't shrink. They're mm -hmm. kind of in this static view. You know, there's a lot of competition, earnings hole from the MBN, et cetera, et cetera. Right. What does what does the valuation look like under that scenario? Mm -hmm. And then take the optimistic scenario and say, no, I actually think they're going to grow, and mm -hmm. I think they're going to grow pretty well. And then and 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 push that out, mm -hmm. and you're going to be left with three sort of values there. Yeah. And then you and then what you can do is within that range you can put the actual share price. Mm -hmm. Now, is the actual share price towards the lower end of that range? I get that wonderful asymmetry where it's like, yes, it could still go down from here. It mm -hmm. could be that the, the pessimistic scenario is the right one, or mm -hmm. in fact. A more pessimistic scenario than I've even allowed for is the right one. Yeah, right. But but the odds, probabil probabilistically speaking, I think tend to go into my favor. And I've still yep. I've still got to land on some kind of idea as to where I what possible future I believe in. Yeah. But it gives me this wonderful thing, and I think where it's really handy, particularly when you get on some of these very hyped up stocks that are that, you know very um, hot at mm -hmm. the moment. Mm -hmm. You can ask yourself, okay, look, the market obviously really believes in this lithium miner mm -hmm. that's never made any money and loaded up with debt and issuing shares like they're going out of fashion. But let's say that they're right. Yep. And let's say that they're really right. <laughs> Does it still make sense? And what's fascinating for me is that you can actually you know, do that hypothetical and still get to a level where you go... I can't make any sense of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, frankly, uh, that's where I land on Altium without going down that road. It's a, it's, a, it's a company we've recommended in the past. We've done very well on it. Mm -hmm. I sold out thinking, wow, shares just don't make any sense. And you know what? They went up another 50% or something. Right. Um, uh, and so you know, that kind of stuff is all, is all going to happen. But at least you've got an idea of, well, whether the price is right or wrong, at least I know what has to happen broadly if that price is right. And that, that sort of, you come at it from another angle, which I find very useful. Mate, we're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to leave one bit of advice just for people who want to dig in a little bit further for themselves. Yes. You talked about putting some of those scenarios together. Yes. Here's what I'd suggest. Jump online, mm. look for a discounted cash flow calculator yeah. or DCF oh, calculator. a million of them around. Um, yeah. do you, and here's, a, here's a couple of tips. Firstly, use the discount rate 
You'll see that in the thing. Mm. That's the rate of return you want. Mm -hmm. Make that the average market historical return. Give yourself a starting point. Yeah. Somewhere between 8 and 11%, depending right. on what period and market you want to look at. And then and then throw in some growth rates over the next, say, five years. Just yeah. see what the numbers come out. And then do yourself have Start playing with those numbers. That'll yeah. give you a sense of how variable these things can be. Use Andrew's suggestion. Take an optimistic, a pessimistic, and a, a middle-of-the-road scenario. Just, or just simply change the numbers just for the hell of it to find out what the, what influence it can have. Yeah, throw, throw Tesla's earnings in there, put a 2% growth, then a 5% growth, then a minus 2% growth, mm -hmm. and see what it does to the share price. Mm -hmm. That gives you a really strong sense of how to start thinking about valuation and some of the changes that that can make to your investing thesis if those numbers are a little bit out. It'll just start to give you a framework for thinking about it. Because once you've done that a little bit, part of the reason I don't use it much anymore, Andrew, is that mm. I've been doing this long enough that I can kind of conceptualize some of the things in my head mm. without needing to do all of the, all of the specifics to kind of get the rough quantity. Yeah, the rules right. of thumb kind exactly. of tend to work out. And that comes well. out of, frankly, using those spreadsheets in the first place. And 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 one my final point will be this, if, if you want to do a bit of reading on it, and I'd encourage you to do it. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I find it fascinating. There's a guy called Aswath Demodaran. 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 Thank you. Um, uh, I'm a real fan of, you think I would, you, I'd be able to pronounce his name, given that I'm a fan of him. But you know what's the problem? I've actually only ever seen a name written. I think you don't heard. hear it, do you? I only just, know it because some of our colleagues have talked about him in the past. Otherwise, so I would have no idea either. Now I know. Uh, Aswath Demodoran. 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 <laughs> Damn it. Um, uh, really great guy. Uh, he's got he's got a bunch of books, but the one you want to start with is called The Little Book of Valuation. Mm, Super concise book, really easy to read, really non-technical, and yep. it's going to give you a great starting point. You don't need to go past that if you don't want to, but it's going to give you a great foundation if you do. Um, yep, and, I, and I think that's, that's a great place to start. And no matter what you do or what philosophy you, you land with, I think that there is going to be value in all of it because up to that point, a lot of people are just, well, I'm going to buy it because I think it's good and it's mm. going up. Mm. And we just kind of be reckless. At least you're putting a framework around it and at least you're, you're starting to operate as much as you can in the world of rationality. And Luckily for us, mate, we have a 40% tolerance for our 10-minute promises because we're under about 14 minutes after the end of our <laughs> regular session. So okay. luckily we're inside that 40% yes. <laughs> tolerance range. Uh, Liam has gone to sleep, so we'll wake him up and get him to finish us off. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, do I have to do the wind-up again? Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.